Drop in the untold stories of industry leaders, influencers, and insights on future innovation. I'm John Davidson, and this is the DLC, DLC Drop, Drop Podcast. Podcast. All right, well, welcome to the DLC Drop Podcast. I am so excited to welcome my good friend, <laughs> co-founder, and designer of Alt Esports Apparel, a gaming fashion apparel brand, producer of physical and gi- digital goods, Nacho uh enjoyer <laughs> extraordinaire Nate yeah. Hickman. how are you doing my brother i'm good i'm good fellow bro nacho uh brethren here yeah uh, i'm doing really well we've we're kind of mid we're approaching midweek and as as with any uh a business you know there's just an incredible amount of activity so it's it's one part like you you know getting uh taking a nice little hour in between things to talk to a fr- uh, a friend you know is nice and uh I'm happy to I'm happy to be here and to support it and I'm super stoked for you to I want to learn more you know we haven't had a uh, an hour to catch up in a while so this will be fun yeah it's usually fun. text messages it's a it's a picture of nachos um <laughs> every other day and yeah. um it's like a rapid call 5 minutes between our phone calls. Like today, I was like, I got to go outside and open the gate. I'll just call John. I got about 12 seconds. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Same. Yeah. Yeah. Cool, man. Well, this is the very first episode. Super hyped. I feel like it It works out perfectly that you're the first guest because we've been uh, working together for a while, more yeah. unofficially, uh, working towards a ton of things. Um one thing that I think would be fun to share with the audience is the John and Nate origin story. Yeah. You know, like I, sure. I'm curious to hear your perspective and I'd love to share mine, but um, just to set it up for the audience here, um, I went to the, what was it? Esports rising conference in LA. Sure. sure. It was my second time. Um, the first, the year before was my shortly after I had joined GameStop. And so it was just like an eye opening experience from the industry perspective Mm-hmm. Because I had never been in the industry, you know. Obviously, I was aware of esports, fan of gaming, but I hadn't gotten into the industry until I joined GameStop, and they mm-hmm. said, "John, figure out esports for us." <laughs> so year one, I was like, "Nobody has this figured out. This is awesome! Like to be part of the grassroots and you know of this global competitive landscape." And then year two, uh, I saw on the the flyer there. Uh, esports apparel, and I was like, sure. "Oh, heck yeah! I'm definitely gonna check out that <laughs> conference." So my, uh, I had a guy from an agency attending with me, and I was like, "You go to the other one. I'm going to this one." And cool. I had heard, I had heard heard of Alt before, obviously, and I, I saw that you guys were in Zoomies and stuff like that, and I was like, "Okay, there's some traction here," but I wasn't like super familiar with the brand, and I sat down. And I listened to you and some of the other people talking. I was like, okay, what he's wearing is dope. You're wearing the <laughs> that jacket, the ghost jacket or whatever. Sure. Um, so I was like, okay, the apparel's dope. What he's saying is true. And <laughs> I agree with a lot of like the sentiment around culture and you know how to reach the community. Right. I was right. like, I gotta talk to this dude. So I waited for the panel to end barely. And then I think I walked up to the stage and I said, Hey, I need to talk to you. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I mean, mean, Oh, there's a little bit of echo too. Okay. I think we fixed it. 
Uh, yeah, you, you did, you did it. I wasn't quite off the stage and you were, uh, you were, uh, and, but I'd say, you know, I, I've done my fair share of, uh, as you have different types of speaking things and, you know, you, um, you never exactly know who is in the audience, you know, like you could look at the agenda and you could be like, Oh, like, I know what I'm going to talk about. I know who else is going to be up there, but you never know who's in the audience. So, um, I remember that particular one, I, I scanned the audience and I was like, man, I, w- I was very curious because you never know who's going to connect with what you're talking about as a brand or as a trying to innovate in a category or, or, or whatever. And usually um, you do get a lot of curious people hitting you up after. And, and, you know, but I immediately was like, okay, John's got a ton of energy. He's, he's right up, he's right up in my face and he's got all these ideas and he's kind of like glowing with enthusiasm. And we immediately related about our mutual like love of skateboarding. Like I think a a lot of times it's easy to walk into a a gaming or esports conference and just like, you kind of assume everybody's into gaming. You don't really like grill each other about like video games um, but talking about skateboarding, uh, kind of came about because like you said, there was a, a retail conversation or like I was wearing a certain skate shoe talking about making a skate shoe and a collaboration with a skate company. Yeah. And we kind of immediately connected on that level. And I was like, man, this is super unique. I never talk about skate culture at an, at a gaming convention in panel ever really. Yeah. And it's difficult to relate to people about like, why does, uh, why does my love of video games and my love of fashion and my love of skateboarding, like how does that all inform what Ult is as a brand? And you just immediately got it. Like, you just, like yeah. it just took like no explanation, no history, context, backstory. I think from that point, I was just like super comfortable talking to you. And like, um, I remember you know, my first trip down to Dallas to come and meet up with you. And like, I think by that point, like I just felt super at ease, you know, sharing like what was on my mind about like building the old brand and the category and the challenges and where retail was at with the category. And like, yeah, you know, just kind of from that point till now, I mean, it, it feels like we've uh, not only built a, a, a great uh, relationship, but like the the brand has gone through a, a crazy amounts of transformation and yeah. you know so you've really been very mindful of the space and uh yeah dude you 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 cut right through everybody i, w- I remember i was ready to go i was like okay i've talked to everybody now i'm just gonna get back in my car and like get get out of here because i live in la so i was like all right just gonna drive out of this place right and you were like, no, dude, we got to go talk. Let's go sit down. Let's talk. And I was like, <laughs> I'm like, cool. I mean, I'm here. You flew here. So this is a lot more on you. <laughs> yeah, that was so. my one chance. You're like, I'm about to drive home uh, five sure. miles in for two hours in traffic. Yeah. Um, but I was like, this is my, my moment. I think what happened to, you know, I've been a brand ambassador since I was 14 years old. So, you know, I've been, you know, with skateboarding sponsors and stuff. So I'm used to repping brands. And so I think just at a young age, I just developed this ownership around the brands I was involved in. And during that time, 
I didn't really have a brand to rep. In hmm. fact, like I was going to H&M just buying like plain t-shirts because, you know, I'm in my 30s and it's, you know, I'm not trying to have some like giant logo on my shirt. I think Volk, Volcom's dope, you know, as a skateboarder, but it's not my brand, you know? And I, I think, you know, as we just talked and we really connected through skateboarding, through gaming, I just like, it just felt like automatic, you know? And um, dope is one of, is one of your favorite words. I've learned this <laughs> and, and, you know, my, uh, our mutual appreciation for good nachos and the yeah. use of the word dope. I think, you know, you, you as a, but we talk about this too, because like I'm a fan of gaming. I, I am a gamer, but I'm a fan of watching gaming and, and like what's happening in the culture. And, you know, whether you're speaking on a stage or you're playing at home or you're talking with your friends, like uh, I've, I've come at it from I'm a customer in that, in that world. And like, yeah. you know, for you to be able to say like, I, I like want to rep a brand. I want a brand that I feel is dope. Right. But I don't, have one in the gaming space that I can identify with that I feel that level of passion about, you know, and it, it was always my dream to be able to build something as a gamer who also like loved culture and, and fashion and streetwear and grew up skateboarding and surfing and all these things. I was like, I, I just identified a lot personally as, uh, as a gamer. And it was something I felt really called to, to do so yeah. it's 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 high praise, dude. When somebody's like, "Yo, that's that's dope." Like, Ult is a dope brand, just like you would say a surf or a skate brand that you grew up with, yeah. uh, that you connect with on that on that kind of uh, emotional level as a as a person who identifies, you know, themselves with what they wear on their body. You know, like especially in such a, um, a an area like gaming, where you know, like identity is such a huge part of how we express who we are. And yeah. I just felt like we didn't, to your comment, we didn't have <laughs> too many dope things going on. And uh, it was always something that I wanted to, to, get, to get to be a part of. Well, and that's, that's a lot of behind what you, like the driving force behind starting the brand, right? Like talk a little bit about, you know, I want to um, go back before that to your agency experience, but why don't you tell the audience, like, where were you in your headspace when when you were thinking about creating a brand and then taking the actual steps to do it, because man, everybody has a t-shirt company, <laughs> right? Right. You know, yeah. I've, I've you know, started my new brand. Like I'm throwing my logo on a couple of things just so I can wear it. You know, I'm not starting an online store or anything at this point. Sure. But, um, it's, that's a step from I'm quitting my job. I'm like pursuing this and creating tangible things for the community in hopes right. that it's adopted. Right. Yeah. I mean, I, I think I was, kind of primed about a decade of my life for that choice. Mm. You know, like you said, I, I did come up from the agency world. I, I did build a gaming uh, division within a, an agency. It was a lifestyle agency. So it was doing client work for automotive or beverage companies or things like this. And as a young person in, the, in, the, in that company, I was a gamer and I just was like, you guys, this is a huge amount of the industry and of the emerging aspirational space of the youth space. And we're not addressing it. We're not talking to this, this customer. I'm one of them. I know this is real. And there wasn't really a lot of uh, expertise. You know, this was like many, a few, quite a few years back, there wasn't anybody calling themselves experts. And 
I just was like, I want to become an expert about everything I can to convince these guys that, that gaming is real. It's a real oh. industry. And so I, I kind of uh, took it upon myself and over the next few years, um, just was wildly ambitious, you know, and I went after the, the biggest publisher to me at the time was Riot and I became obsessed with League of Legends and it's still one of my favorite games to this day. And so I didn't start from like zero, you know, I had kind of come in with this understanding of brand and uh, living in Los Angeles, a lot of my friends were starting streetwear brands, you know, that have grown to be quite, quite successful at this point. So I was very knowledgeable about that scene. I was very like tuned into what was happening in the games industry. Mm-hmm. I was fortunate to work with, um, you know, like Microsoft, Xbox, Ubisoft, Riot, legal, like these, this level caliber of publisher and the rigor of their kind of expectations and, and guidelines and processes. So I was heavily trained in this kind of uh, way about approaching the industry from a, uh, product design, merchandising, in-game design, like, so I was kind of uh, fostering this level of what I would just at that point in my life, say, I'm just building an expertise to the point of, um, you know, people start asking you to be a category expert to consult them. So whether it was a, an intelligence company, farming data about the customer, or it was a, a new developer creating a game that wanted to market it, or it was a, a AAA a title release with a national campaign, and I had to get in there and think about creative marketing. Sure. Um, it, it was really just um, a series of of building those experiences, but the choice to separate myself from um, the day to day, like basically giving my my best day, my time and my best thoughts to um, let's say a client or uh, serving uh, serving another uh, business as a consultant level, um, it really came out of frustration, out of kind of creative frustration. Right. And I don't, I don't, I mean, it took me a couple of years to reflect back and be like, I suppose that's how a lot of people start their entrepreneurial journey is like you reach the ceiling and you're like, you become frustrated because there's so much more you want to do. There's so much more you want to express and bring to the world. Yeah. And only you can see it. Only you have the vision for it, as they say. Right. And you have to start taking yourself seriously. So that step, like you said, to, to um, challenge myself to do something new, like quit a job I had for a decade. I was Mm -hmm. very comfortable in that job. Uh, start a completely unknown path for myself. And um, it was really just, I was, I was, like I said, I was frustrated, but I was very motivated about what I was passionate about. Yeah. And I, I believe for then and to this day, like the truth I felt within myself has not changed. I love this space. You know, I will be, I've been a gamer my, my whole life and I can't, I, I can't wait to see where I can help shape that not just like yeah. wait and see. I don't want to just wait and see. So, um, yeah. I want to be like, this is awesome. It's on the front edge of the culture. How can I participate in that? Share my voice with the voices of others, just like you who like find each other on the front edge of it. Right. Be like, this is super interesting. Like I get to learn 
from so many other really passionate people who love games just as much as me. And they're bringing all their life experience to the table. Mm -hmm. And for me, it was, it was a creative uh, step. It was like, I want to challenge myself to create a brand, to let it participate in this space with anybody it wants to, with publishers, with leagues, with teams, and with brands, other brands that I can collaborate with, you know, right. and build these partnerships. So, I mean, from there, it's just like you're running full speed and you're learning and, and you're attacking it and you're just like surrounding yourself with as brilliant people as you possibly can who will challenge you and uh, enable you to, to see things from a different perspective, you know? So, I mean, that's kind of, that's kind of how we get here. Right. And then you're, you look left and right. And there's just a handful of other people just like you who see it, you know, they see it and uh, it's clear. Right. And we get, we get to help, um, you know, not just uh, be there to support each other, but also to help not just like educate other partners and brands, how to make the space even more awesome. Mm -hmm. um, but we can, uh, we can really be stewards of that like initial excitement, you know, that you felt what you felt when you were a kid and you're like, I just love video games and I love sharing right. it. And I love experiencing it. And I, I just happened to come from a, from a, from a background that was more creative and like, I've always loved design. And so I was like, that's what I can bring to this community. You know, I can bring my, my, my love of, of design to the table. And, you know, I've been really very blessed and fortunate to have gotten to work with large publishers. And it teaches you a lot about how to continue to challenge yourself and like where your unique voice really is and how important that is um, to your growth. So hopefully that wasn't too long winded. <laughs> no, that's perfect. I think, I think one thing that's so sick is when it's your own brand, you can do anything you want. Yeah, you know, and I, I think that that statement might sound obvious, like of course you can, but I, you know, I'm just going out on my own right now, um, my own entrepreneurial journey, and it's just kind of a mind trip to me as far as like, wait, like for better or for worse, whatever I want to do, I can do it, you know, the way that I think it should be done, and coming up through, you know, I've always worked for people, and so I've always had somebody that it either. I need approval or I'm at least bouncing an idea off of. And sometimes that can be a little bit of a safety net. Like, oh, do you think this is a good idea? Well, okay. If you don't, okay, it's not a good idea. But you come to a point where you have confidence in what you've done. I think it's really interesting to hear about, you know, you didn't just, you weren't 18 years old, came out of high school and started a t-shirt company and now it's alt, right? Right. You worked for 10 years in an agency and then eventually you got to a point where the need within you was so great that you had to let it out. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's very accurate. You know, I didn't, I didn't know how I could go on, uh, another, <laughs> another month, let alone another year, like wow. giving my absolute all, like every good thought in my brain, I dedicated to advancing. Like you said, like I'm working for other people, you know, they, they paying you good money for your time. And you, you, but in those situations, like you can't control all the variables. There's an execution team. There's a, there's a budget team. There's a marketing team. 
you're showing up, you might deliver a plan, took you a couple months, but yeah. that doesn't mean you get to be the one to bring that to the market with the vision you had. You have to share that responsibility with other people, which is cool. Like I love being on a team, but to your comment earlier about like part of being an entrepreneur is like, it is your responsibility to that and to that truth that you feel to that voice, which is yours and how far you take that and the, the, the way you can be critical of yourself and you can look at like, well, this could be better. This isn't yeah. my best. If, if, you know, if my best is what I've got to bring, I'm going to do that. And I'm going to learn and I'm going to adapt and I'm going to evolve and I'm going to bring my best again. And if I don't have the right tool or partner in place or team member in place, like I've got to think about that because the level at which you try to compete when you're playing with publishers and you're playing with global brands and you're playing with collaborators who have been around over a hundred years, like they're not, like you said, they're not kids just throwing t-shirts out the trunk of car, right? Like right. they're developing culture with their choices. And whenever I get this question of like, Oh, do you make, do you make clothes? I'm like, yeah, you know, I'm, I make some products, but it's really about delivering ideas. It's about mm. taking something that I'm really passionate about, finding a medium to share it. And I, I might be uh, making physical products, but like, I also am an artist. I paint and I do all these other types of mediums. And to me, like clothing is one of those mediums. And the, yeah. the real vessel of, of how do I share an idea that I, that I just like can't contain, you know? And I think, you know, that that's really how I've continued to challenge myself to grow. And that's where the brand trajectory comes from. Mm -hmm. It's like, I believe there's a stepping stone with everything that I'm building today where I can take it tomorrow. Yeah. And that has proven very true for me, you know, and the more ambitious I am with my thinking, uh, the more support I get from friends like you who are sure. also very well connected in this industry. Right. And the more vocal I am, the more I ask for help, the more I am open to being critiqued, uh, the faster I will advance, you know, and to, to find that part of like, well, you know, when I was a kid, I was like always curious, like how, where do I end? Like, where does my, my raw talent end? You mm -hmm. know, and, and I, I haven't, I haven't found it yet because I think I'm, I'm open-minded enough to continue to learn. And it's that curiosity that um, finds you in the craziest, like, you know, boardrooms at the biggest companies. It's like, you're just a kid who loves games with a lot of big ideas, but then you grow up and 30 years later, it's like, you're one of the few people who get to push, you know, the category forward, you know, which is right. super exciting. I think what's cool about Ult specifically is like there's a ton of experimentation in the designs, you know, and I'm curious to get your number one is get your take on that balance of like, okay, I got to sell yeah. product to make money. And also I want to express myself as an artist. I also, sure. I think it's kind of cool. When, when I first looked at your Instagram, I was like, whoa. <laughs> Nate's really creative. <laughs> sure, sure. But what's a nice way to put it? <laughs> <laughs> and you know, when it, I remember that jacket you were wearing when I first met you, that ghost jacket. Now I have two of them. Thank you for this, by the way. Um, and 
I love the way it, just to help people understand who are listening to this is it's a material that's a pattern underneath and it's a translucent material on top. That's like, it's white, but you can kind of see through it. And so depending on where the wrinkles in your sleeves um, or on your body are, you can see the pattern underneath differently. And I remember just looking at that jacket and being like, Whoa, this is sick. And then I know now you're, you're experimenting with, like the shirt you're wearing now, the way like I was, yeah. I was watching the video you put out yesterday about the design and it's like sure. fascinated how light interacts with chrome and silver and yeah. to take, you know, my original thought about t-shirts <laughs> and you're doing more than just t-shirts, but you know, is, oh, you know, yeah, a cool design, print it. And sure. there's a lot more going on in your apparel than just a, a screen printer. Yeah, I, I think like a lot of times uh, people who look at um, apparel, they think like it's graphics. It's graphics or, or logos. You take a graphic that looks cool and you put it on something and people buy it because they think the graphic is cool. That's like graphic design. Right. And you know, I think what you're talking about is really the, what I think about a lot is the relationship between art and design because they have different purposes. You know, and the a lot of the experimental ideas that I use in design come from my art. You know, like as a big study on light and texture, what happens with color when you put these colors together, creating color theory and like the use of different types of uh, mixed media in art translates into mixed media on the clothes. You know, and what happens when light hits the clothes? What happens when you move? Uh, yeah. And which is not a study on graphics at all. Like there's no, there's no like graphics are almost like much further down the road. Like you've got to decide from a, from an artistic standpoint, like, does this say something that I need to say? Is it, is it a necessary uh, uh, thing I need to communicate? Do other people um, feel this way too? think this way too? Like, and you said that just looks really cool. Like, like that's where you start to translate it into design where, yeah, I hope it looks cool from an artistic standpoint, but from a yeah. design standpoint, when you put it on, do you like how it fits? Do you like how it moves? Do you feel like it complements other aspects of your wardrobe? Like, does it fit into the utility of like, is it a good rain jacket? It is a nice lightweight jacket. Like sure. how can you wear it? What's the wearability of that utility? So uh, you know, commercialization is an exercise in design. It's like, I want to make something good for you sure. because you are a customer and I am also a customer of brands. So design is how I help solve problems of value. I'm saying like, how can this product uh, bring value to your life and your utility? You know, it's comfortable. I like yeah. how it fits me and it helps me um, stay warm. Like these are, these are, utility driven thoughts. Uh, is it affordable? Can it fit my budget? Is it aspirational in pricing? Is it going to make me feel like I'm wearing something very premium or luxurious or fashion oriented? Is that right. fit, you know, uh, that lifestyle for you? You know, so uh, there's that, there is a, a one-to-one -one relationship of like, uh, being an artist doesn't always mean your experimental ideas are going to translate into revenue. You know, so you have to Big be, time. <laughs> yeah, you have to be mindful. You have to be sensible. You say, I'm going to, I'm going to carry 
the really interesting ideas, I'm going to play with them in my design and I'm going to find a balance where my customer can, can appreciate the art, but they can afford the design and they, yeah. can, they can wear it. And my hope is that when they wear something by Alt, that they feel like a sense of pride, you know, yeah. like this looks cool. I want to wear it. Like you see it going by and somebody's wearing some piece that you've designed and you're like, they look like they feel comfortable in what they're wearing, confident in how they look and that they've purchased it knowing like they believe that the brand is doing something relevant in their community and in a, in a, in a scene that they think is cool, like within gaming or fashion, you know, and that's really where you start to study uh, what happens next, which is just mountains of data, you know? And right. then, then that circle comes back where it's like now data informs your creative and, and then that reinforms design. And then now you have more data and then you're just like constantly finding inspiration from all these different aspects, you know? And it's just so much bigger than a t-shirt graphic when you think about it like that. Big you know? Yeah. yeah, I think I love the the thought of the feeling of it, you know. Um there's something there's I mean everybody can relate to like your favorite piece of clothing. W- whether you're you're a shoe person you you throw on those, you know, the new Ultra Boost or whatever, the new Jordans and um just that feeling you have you're walking around or even just the, you know, something that fits really well that's a nice material. W- what I always relate back to is is my skateboarding background that skateboarding at a certain point is more mental than it is even physical. And so if I'm wearing something that I feel dope in, to use my mm-hmm. favorite word, um, like my confidence is higher, right? Like I'm ready to kill it. And I'm going to skate better just as a result of that. And I think confidence can go a long way in a lot of different things. What, I oh mean, man, yeah. It, it's, it's the difference, right? Like we're all human. Like we're all on this planet together. Uh, We all have the same emotional equilibrium. We can be happy. We can be sad. But when you start to think about the points of differentiation and why does one person succeed more than the other? Like, what is that about? Is, Is it a better idea? Did they raise more money? Did they convince more people to support them? Like, what is it? And, and, and confidence is a huge piece of that process. Like embracing your voice and being unafraid to utilize it is an exercise in confidence. Hmm. Taking the time and money to be diligent to bringing a product line to the market and, and to do all the content and to all the campaigns and to work with all the collaborations and partners. You have to be very, very diligent to that process or something will fall down, you know, and it's confidence that keeps you going. And it's your confidence that is almost like a magnet, right? Like, like other people are attracted to that. And then mutually, like the team, the team starts to radiate with confidence. And then together, you could do so much. You know, you can do a tremendous amount with a small group of very confident individuals. Very true. I, I'm curious about how you feel when like putting yourself out there. I mean, I know you have a new line that's coming out and, um, I mean, you're, that's one thing with design is you're putting your heart and soul into something that you believe in. And 
there's going to be haters out there, right? And you might create something that's awesome or you might create something that's not awesome. And you might, and depending on, it could be awesome or not. And it could be greatly adopted. It could be awesome and it's not the right time and culture or whatever. But how much do you like listen to the response of your creativity versus just being confident in, in like, I believe in this and I want to put it out because I feel like I need to. Yeah. I, well, that's a really good, it's a really good question. I think as an artist first, um, you have to be like, I'm de- far and away. I'm the most critical of myself, you know? And so I've become very comfortable and conditioned over my life to um, challenge myself creatively and to be like the first one to raise my hand and be like, that's not good enough. Like I could do better than that. And I'll, I'll repaint the same idea 200 times until that idea is, is perfected. And then I try to carry that level into all of my work, you know, and say like, can my, des- can my design ideas be better? Can I sample that differently? Can I find a better method that's faster, that's more affordable, that delivers more value to the customer? Because I am a customer too. I buy products all the time and I, and I expect them to be incredible and I want them to be incredible. But I, I think like part of this question is, you know, do you study your competition or, or, cause I get this question sometimes where it's like, Oh, like, what do you think of your competitors? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, like as a customer, I'm, I appreciate that there's more options, you know, for people to right. buy. But as a, as an individual, I don't dwell on the idea of competitors and competition. Like mm. there'll always be people. There's, there's quite a lot of people on this planet, you know, and I only know what's in my head and, and I can only be truly honest with the level that I can critique myself. And, and then I can, I can be willing to absorb criticism from the people I trust, very close friends, family, teammates, you know, yeah. people who I absolutely respect and have built a trust relationship with, like, but they're not my competition, you know, like, sure. it's really like, can you overcome your own fears before, right? And when I, right. when I see, when I read comments and things, I take every comment very seriously. You know, if it's a customer who's like, why is this this way? Uh, why isn't it here yet? Like, because that's all par- part of my value proposition. Like, good design gets from me to you, right? My business to you, uh, my teammates deliver this to you, you know? So understanding where we can continue to refine and be better is super important to the overall process. Yeah. But you don't want to get hung up on negative stuff. Like you want right. to be like a creature of evolution, be like, learn, adapt, learn, adapt, keep going, push forward. Because if you just study the competition all day, it's like, that's really boring, man. That's like, hmm. well, what are they doing? What's in their head? You know, it's like, it, yeah. there's, you know, so much more interesting ways to, to look at it. You know, when you just kind of like are open to, um, you know, where can I go? And if I am my best, that's the best that I can be. Yeah. And then I will learn and I will keep asking myself, is this my best? Because if I study someone else, I'm like, am I good up against them, uh, it's kind of becomes this very subjective way of thinking, you know? So, you know, but honestly, even when you sell out of a collection, you know, that you've worked on for several months, you know, it's like, it's gratifying, 
but as a creative a creative thinker, you, you I've already evolved past that. I'm already working on ten of the things. So right, like it's exciting that people appreciate the work and recognize the work, and like they want to have a piece of that work for themselves. Um, but I think uh, from a fulfillment standpoint, from a personal creative fulfillment standpoint, you're you're already like, how can I challenge myself more? You know and how can I continue to learn? And maybe there's something wrong with me, <laughs> but yeah. you know, I, that just keeps me going. I'm just very curious. Like, can, what can, what else can we do? You know? Yeah. I think there's a balance. There, there's something to paying attention to the feedback of people, but when you're your own worst, I don't want to say worst critic, but honest critic. Mm-hmm. And you're never satisfied. You're complete. You're always driven. If you do, if you drop a line and let's say it doesn't sell very well, like you weren't, you're not making or breaking based on the sales of that line. Now that might affect your business, but you as a creative, as a person, you're always trying to grow. You're not just saying, let me design shirts that sell the most. Yeah. You know, you're focused on creativity more than, you know, the stakes will get higher as you push yourself be like, oh, I'm working with a, 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 the biggest publisher in the world or the biggest league in the world or the most famous streamer in the world or whatever. Like you're going to find yourself uh, in those little conversations and groups where, you know, excellence is like where you is expected, you know, it's absolutely part of the game. Big time. You know, so, but that's the game that you want to be in. That's the game that you you show up to play. Like you want to, you want to be your best and you want to learn from other people who can really understand like where you're at and like challenge you. And my favorite, my favorite uh, opportunities are always ones where there's, I'm given a chance to learn something that I don't know yet, or I'm given a chance to, to try to adapt in a way that I don't have the answer for yet. And I need help to find the answer and to, to get there. Like, I see those as like life-changing transformational opportunities, not like, oh, I'm too scared to do that or like I'm too fearful because my competitor did that and he failed, so I'm not going to try. You know? Well, I think, I mean, talk about adapting. One, one thing that I love your perspective on, we've talked a few times just one-on-one, is physical goods and then transitioning into digital goods and how we as gamers, we identify virtually in these virtual worlds just as much as physically. And I think you're seeing young people more and more, their social platform where they interact uh, with their friends is online. And so they want to represent themselves in the game the same way when we were in high school, we were doing it at school. Mm -hmm. Talk a little bit about that. I think that's super interesting. And that's a very forward thinking thing that I think, you know, a couple of years, we're all going to be like, yeah, that made perfect, makes perfect sense. But today it's for a lot of people, it's just a little well, there, thinking. Yeah, I mean, there's a, there's like, you know, I have a website. It's a direct to consumer website. You know, it's a platform destination. But if I'm shopping in a game uh, with digital currency, right? Like I'm buying direct to avatar pieces of virtual goods, digital goods, you know, virtual fashion for my uh, second skin, right? That exists primarily inside of a game, you know, and yeah. my identity. Uh, you know, inside that game is very powerful to me, you know, and how I think of myself and how I express myself. You know, when I look in my uh, closet, I'm 
pulling out my favorite piece of clothing to put on. Uh, it's, it's almost like not as powerful as like, I'm going to change my skin today. I'm going to go and play mm. my favorite game and I'm going to unlock that skin I've been wanting. I'm going to achieve that special item that I get to wear. Like only people who have completed the hardest thing have this, uh, you know, it's a, it's a testament to your character, to what you love. Yeah. Uh, it, it's a speaking point. Like there's, there's certain friends of mine, like we, we relate to each other. <laughs> Not as like, hi, my name is Nate and I do this. It's like, I am this character in this game. This is what I look like. And that is a point of pride. It's a point of identity. And if you just look at like cultural trends, like the logical progression of I wear things in real life, I can also wear things in, in digital fashion. Right. And, and I can uh, unlock, you know, virtual goods that um, are just as important to me. Uh, and I think if you look at younger and younger audiences, uh, that's so true to them. It's so much more true than it is to anybody, um, you know, in, in some of the older generations. Like, so I think you have to identify those cultural shifts. Yeah. And you have to say, like, the things that I feel are very true to me, but they might be more true to others, to more people in the future. So what am I doing as a business, as an entrepreneur, as a brand? to address those things now that, and it's that type of work that you get really excited about, you know, like a lot of people will like, you know, they go to your website and they see what your, what your new collection is. And that's cool. But the thing in your mind, that's even like so exciting is like, well, what if I could wear that somewhere, not just in reality, but in a virtual space, if I could take my art and I could scale it infinitely to millions of people in a virtual space and that level of joy that I have can just touch more lives yeah. and express more people's identities. That's because in a, in a physical world, it's, it, it's finite. There's all these rules, logistical concerns, uh, mm -hmm. marketing ad spends, like all of these variables, but inside of a, a of a digital space, uh, you know, you can achieve insane amounts of things that you could never do. Uh, by reality's uh, limitation. Well, that the funny thing about that is that's why a lot of people outside of gaming don't, don't understand virtual content. Is it like, how is that valuable? You just copy and paste, you recreate it, right? There is no tangible value to it. There's not a certain type of material. There's not, this was shipped from this location or there's there's a limited amount of goods. But I think... The answer to that, and there's there's more than one answer, but one of it is that it's how young people socially interact is virtually. But I think, you know, we're not necessarily looking for everybody to recognize us or validate us. We want to be recognized and validated by the people in our group. Right. And sometimes it's even better when people outside of your group don't get it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I mean, like, yeah, you, you know, don't get it, and you don't. The thing, think you get yeah, it. the thing is, like, yeah, digital, digital can scale to 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 millions of people yet you'll never meet. But it's most important to your friends, to the people that you care yeah. about, that you trust, that you respect, and that they can see, like, you know, he's got that. He's got a, as John would say, a dope shirt in real life. <laughs> But how much more dope is it that you can wear that thing in a game or you could see it in a game that you love, that you could explore a world with your friends online 
and discover the same art and design is available for you inside the world of a game that you love. Like, right. like that's the level of fascination that captivates our, our imagination as gamers. You know, like right. you can go back to that time when you, when you were uh, the youngest you can remember and that, that level of just immersing into the imagination and the endless possibilities inside of games. And I believe that art and design live so comfortably in that space as a, as a means to, like you said, like share and interact and communicate with your most close friends. And I think if we can succeed at that, if I can succeed in sharing a design with you as, some, as a friend, as someone I trust and respect and be like, I can win right there. I know I can replicate that with other people I will never meet in reality, I will never meet them, but they're going to share that joy with their friends. Mm. Like if I give them that opportunity space, that's all my work is meant to do, right? Is like create an opportunity space for just for people that I don't know to, to feel a sense of pride in their identity. You know, like I wish I could meet them at events. I wish I could twi- you know, DM them on Twitter all day and get to know them front to back, like who they are, but I'm never going to get to meet millions of people like that. Like what I can do is I can look within myself as an individual and I can challenge myself to be like, what is the coolest thing I can possibly imagine in the universe yeah. <laughs> and make that, and make that my job, make that my job today and tomorrow. And if it, and the next day and the next day after that, and I'm going to get closer and closer to it. And there's going to be more people sharing in that mission and they're going to be registered in that vision with you. And the next thing you know, you're like, oh my gosh, we're doing it. We're doing it. Like we've convinced the impossible behemoth of Goliaths of the world that this is legit and it is the future and it's everything. And like, you know, so, you know, I, I applaud you, John, with the work you're, you're setting yourself upon with the brands, man. The brands that have been around longer than we've been alive Thank and you. helping, helping them trust and res- like, uh, convey trust and respect to the other gaming community members of ours, you know, and, and how to uh, speak to them and communicate with them in ways that like brings value to their lives. You know, I think like that's good, honest work, you know, and uh, I'm going to show up for you every time because, you know, we're aligned in that mission, you know, like, Heck yeah, dude. So hype done. Nachos, dude. Nachos next time. Nachos. <laughs> yeah. I, I think definitely episode number two, we're going to have some nachos. Um, <laughs> My goodness. Yeah. Just so everybody, just, just for a little bit of background real quick, where the nacho thing comes from was Nate came to Dallas to pitch GameStop when I was working there. And we, we ended up having dinner over by the star, by the GameStop yep. Performance Center. Shout out Complexity and Jason Lake. Um, and Nate was like, I've had nachos every single meal while I've been in Dallas. <laughs> like multiple barbecue. breakfasts. Barbecue nachos. Cause you can do it. You can eat yeah. nachos with barbecue and barbecue sauce all day. I even took that to go home. So I could tell you, like I had some for breakfast the next day <laughs> That's incredible. and at the airport on the way home. So, you know, it's the small things that you keep yourself amused. And like sending you nacho memes brings me joy, just so, like designing clothes. <laughs> so, 
man. Uh, no, well, thank you day. so much for joining us. Uh, anything that you want to tease for people or, or anywhere you want people uh, to be able yeah. to reach you? Yeah, check out uh, at Ultimate on Twitter, uh, at Ult Esports on Instagram. You could check out our, our latest work uh, online at ultesports.com. Uh, we are coming out with the newest Ult line in quite some time. I put a lot of myself into the work. The line is called Reset, which oh. as a gamer in this culture, 2020, there's so many things that we want to hit the reset button on. That we <laughs> yes. want to like challenge ourselves to be better. And the reset line is, is really what that's all about. It's like, can I create something new that really wipes the slate clean, hits reset and says like, this is what we're all about. So yeah. I'm bringing my best work to the table. Um, I'm bringing collaborations to the table. Um, and that's really how I approach every release is like, this is going to be my best work, mm. you know? And so hitting reset is like in one part as a human on this planet, yeah. That's a big theme for a lot of us. We share that together. And then from, from a creative standpoint, it's very similar. It's like, <clears throat> this is me uh, uh, bringing the brand to another level, you know? Mm. And yeah. um, I want that to, to be in the work. I want everyone to see that and to feel that. But, you know, most importantly, it's like, hey, we're all, we're all human beings, man. We're all experiencing 2020 together. And like, I hope I can bring some uh, creative um, joy to people through through the work, and, and like I know it's meant a lot to me to to go through that process. So I'm super excited to be able to start to share that with everyone. Heck yeah! Well, thank you for sharing it with everybody because it's dope. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> thank you, thank John. you for being a guest on the DLC Drop Podcast. DLC, glad glad to have you. You're welcome back anytime. Thank you. Yeah, so man, John, this has been a pleasure, dude. Like always great to see you, man. And best of luck with everything. And I'll be right there with you every step of the way. You need help, dude. I'm one one crazy meme away from uh reaching out, man. But um I'm I'm stoked, dude. This is gonna be a rad. So Appreciate DLC. It. All right, John. Thanks, brother. Man, that was an incredible conversation with Nate Ekman from Ult uh Esports Apparel. He's got set up such a creative mind. It was super cool to just hear him coming from the agency space and uh, working for other brands and then getting to that point where he couldn't help but do his own thing. Um, and just the way that he expresses his creativity, not just physically with apparel, but digitally through in-game products. And I'm super hyped to see how that's going to roll out. Um, I know that you know we see skins in the game uh, from the publisher but I'm excited to see how we can see more integration from brands, whether it's apparel, endemic, and non-endemic. So super cool to have my friend Nate on and thank you for joining us. Thank you for listening to the DLC Drop Podcast. This podcast is part of the Esports Future Eye Podcast Network and produced by Innovation Media Enterprises. Make sure you subscribe on your favorite podcast channel and leave us a review.